Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. I'm so excited about my special guest. Dawn Quintanilla is an intimacy coach for couples and singles. She studied with and is certified as a coach in the erotic blueprints by Jaya and is studying to be a depth therapist with a focus on trauma and somatic psychology. Dawn is also an intuitive Reiki practitioner for over four years and a channeler. Her focus right now is a desire for more conscious, consensual sex where we can be in our turn on and feel safe. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited for today's guest, Don Quintanilla, who is an intimacy coach for couples and individuals and groups. And she has a wealth of information and experience in intimacy counseling and coaching. And I'm so excited for her to share some really juicy stuff that we've never talked about before on this podcast. So welcome, Don. Hi, everyone. So Don, maybe just tell us a little bit more about yourself and why this is something you're so passionate about and a little bit more about your, you know, how you got into it. Um, so the journey started, well, I've kind of always been on this like, um, sexual conscious journey, but, um, what got me into the specific work, which is called erotic blueprints, um, by Jaya is me and my partner, who's my fiance, we're going through a really rough patch sexually. And um, it was really affecting our relationship and our communication. And just, it was like a downward spiral. And I had to talk with him. Well, I actually kind of had a freak out moment because it was just like everything was falling apart. And I didn't feel like we were connecting in the way that we had connected when we first started. And so he recommended we go to this thing called Path to Passions, which is Jaya's event. And he bought us tickets. And at the time, we really didn't have money. And the tickets were $300 each. And so we got the tickets. And we went to this Path to Passion. And it just opened my world. That's amazing. I'm so glad you shared that because it's really common for couples and and people to get disconnected in this area and then have it affect every other part of of the relationship. I know from my own experience, like communication is great and, you know, eye contact is great and all these things are great. But if I'm not having sex with my partner, like there's a need that's not getting met, you know, so it's really important. And I think a lot of women, myself included, have um, left relationships because we couldn't get through to the next level of, of sexual connection with a partner. And I think sexual connection is the thing to like, put, like, I think what I've learned from my work and what I've learned from Jaya is sex is not defined the way we culture is culturally popular. Like sex isn't just about penetration. It's about a lot more. And so that's what I'm hoping we can discover here, because I think in past relationships, I was having sex, but I wasn't having the sexual connection. I love the way you said that. I was having sex, but I wasn't having the sexual connection. So true. Um, Well, I know we want to dive into the erotic blueprints. Um, So let's just do that now. And then we can use those language, that language throughout, and it'll be easier to come back to. So definitely. Okay. So there's um, five erotic blueprints and this is after like years and years of research on Jaya's part. 
so she came up with five erotic blueprints that I just, like define as archetypes, mm-hmm. um, sexual archetypes. So the first one is energetic and the energetic like space, tease, and t- anticipation and yearning. Um, the energetic wants to want. <laughs> so for some people, um, like to just kiss would be really great, but like the energetic kind of likes if you tease a kiss or if you like say, I'm, I can't wait to kiss you tonight. <laughs> That's all the energetic. Um, there's two types of energetic and you can have both, um, but usually you are more into one. One is the dark energetic, which we define as the lower chakras, rooted. It's also called the demon tail. And it's like that uh, stalker versus prey, um, lioness, lion energy, panther, like jaguar, that kind of energy. Um, And they, they like direct, like presence and like breathing and directness. Like, I want to fuck you. (laughs) and then there's the light energetic which is the upper chakras the halo um and that's all like light energy fairy energy angel energy reiki um like soft and innocent kind of energy to it fascinating so that's the first one then the next one is the sensual um and the sensual is turned on by all of the senses and it needs to relax before having sex, which is really, really important. And what's um, really like the superpower of the sensual is like it's turned on by taste, smell, touch, uh, dance, or like music um, and the scenery of everything. So that's really like powerful. Um, and I think we know in our cultural what it, you know, it's like the one where you eat like chocolate and strawberries. And I think we kind of have an idea of what essential is in our world. The next is the scent of the sexual, and it's turned on by what we believe is popular in popular culture is what, how we define sex, which is like penetration, boobs, <laughs> but you know, all the stuff. Um, and they are the opposite of the sensual which is that they need sex in order to relax. And so um, what I try to say with sexuals is sexuals actually need sex to to experience love, where a sensual needs love to experience sex. That's such a great distinction. I have a quick question. Would you say that sexual arc or, um, you know, archetype or erotic blueprint is more visual than like they need visual stimulation, like seeing boobs or seeing naked skin Mm, that's like a really great question Uh, um I think because all of them like um besides like the central also likes to see like it's Mm. just like different like stimulations doesn't need like boobs or something like that but like a really pretty picture or Mm. like a beautiful sunset um or really like like I don't know if you've ever had like a five course meal and you're like whoa this is really enticing so I think it's what are they want to see? I think the mm-hmm. sexual likes to see boobs and butt and, you know, the things, porn, <laughs> the things that we're all quite, I think, familiar with, with sex. So that's what I would say. Great. Thank you. Um, so then the next one is the kinky. And what I love about this work is Jazz broken a lot of like 
myths that I've had about what kinky means. And the way she defines it is taboo for the person. So you could have somebody who's kinky and what's kinky for them is like doggy style. They've never done that before, but they did it. And they were like, whoa. So like (laughs) doggy style for me isn't really kinky, but being tied up is really kinky. So it's what that is for the person. For me, like, I wouldn't say I'm kinky if I wanted to do it doggy style, but I would say I'm kinky because I want to be tied up. So that's why I say it's taboo for that person. It feels Mm -hmm. out of that person's like box. Um, And just like the energetic, it has two. So there's the psychological kinky and the sensual kinky, and you're usually one um, over the other, but you can have both. And the psychological is power play. So like dom and sub type stuff, fantasy, you know, like dressing up as like maids or mailmen or firemen. Firemen would be hot. (laughs) (laughs) I should do that. (laughs) Um, And anticipation. So like um, being tied up for long amounts of hours, like Mm -hmm. waiting for that person. And then the sensation is the feeling based. So anything that's contact on the skin and it's usually with all the sensory toys. So that's like handcuffs, floggers, um, whips, those kind of stuff. (laughs) Getting into the juiciness. Yeah. And then, um, so the last one is the shapeshifter turned on by it all. And this means that it's all has all of the rock blueprints. So um, the best way for the shapeshifter to be described as is a hedonist, which is a pleasure seeker, someone who reminds others of the pleasures of life. So they want more and more. (laughs) I love that. Um, I know we're going to be talking more about these, but one of the questions I have is how does someone find their type and then can their type shift based on the other person they're with or based on you know the stage of their life or something like that yeah so we'll we'll do the first question the first question and maybe you can put I don't know if you put stuff in your notes but you can put um it's the blueprint quiz by Jaya Mm -hmm. is where you can take the quiz um and I highly I highly recommend I think even just taking that quiz opens people's eyes um and because I've explained it to you you don't have to pay 26 (laughs) dollars you can just come back and listen to it um then the second question is so specifically with the shapeshifter it actually they change into their partner's blueprint a lot and Mm -hmm. it's actually what makes them the most sexually starved because they're not figuring out out what's sexually turned on for them and they're like oh like for so I'll just use me as an example which is easy which is I'm an energetic shapeshifter so when I first was with Tim my partner um I tested as a sensual sexual and I think I was playing into his idea of me um so there's like the negative of that like going into someone's blueprint because you aren't learning to satisfy your own. So there's a negative aspect of that. Then there's a thing that we called um, expanding into the blueprint. And that's when you make a conscious decision to go into different blueprints, which is where I'm at. Um, And it's, it's called, it's at the adventurous state where you're wanting, you're wanting to seek more. You're wanting to expand into 
something more. And that's the, that's the way you really want to, you want to say, I want to say I'm an energetic shapeshifter, but I'm consciously deciding to go into my sensual sexual because of my partner. Mm. I'm making that conscious decision for both of us. Um, and then, and then Jaya wants you to change and shift. She wants you to grow. So, um, her desire is for everyone to be a shapeshifter because that way you expand into all the blueprints. But I will say that, and you're not wrong, bad, or any less than if you're not, because that can be overwhelming. Like for me, my shapeshifter isn't like other shapeshifters, which is like wanting more and more and more. Like I don't want 13 hours of sex. That is just like, not for me, but some shapeshifters really want that. (laughs) I love what you said about uh, expanding into the blueprint. And I'm curious, in your experience, what what helps someone expand into the blueprint? Is it that they feel safe with their partner or they feel like they've explored as much as they can in their, you know, uh, I guess, current blueprint or, or, yeah, how does someone kind of evolve into that sort of confidence or that sort of state? Well, I think so. One is... Um through the coaching program, there is a module and it's like the second to last module to expand into the blueprint. Mm -hmm. So we give everyone a little taste of that. But I think that's after a lot of bases have been covered, which is Mm -hmm. that we learn what your blueprint is. We learn how to feed you and your blueprint. We learn how to help you feed your partner while feeding yourself in the blueprint. That's Um, huge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then, um, we also do, there's a whole module on healing mm. and I can talk about like the shadows of each of these blueprints and the superpowers of each of these blueprints. If, yeah. Let's definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so we talk, so we do the healing of the shadows before we do that, which I think is a big one because I think you have to heal aspects of yourself before you're willing to go into different places. Um, so once you do all that other work, then we expand, but not everyone, you know, it took me up until recently up until this year to really want to expand more into my sexual Mm -hmm. and, um, and get in touch with my central. These are the ones that I have the most difficult with. And now, because I'm in like this adventure estate and like transformational stage, which I'll talk about it. It's the five States. Um, now that I'm in these States, I'm ready to explore. But when I first started this stuff, I was in the beginning, I was in my resting healing state and I didn't want anything to do with expanding into someone's blueprint. So I think it's after you've done your, your work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I, um, yeah, I feel like my sexual needs and desires have shifted a little bit in the last few years after, doing a lot of my trauma healing, you know, five, six, seven years ago, like the beginning of my relationship with Jason, it was a lot of me healing my trauma and him holding space for me sexually and otherwise. And then, you know, we've reached a really nice state, but then I can almost like taste like wanting to go a little further, you know, like Mm -hmm. wanting to, I don't know that I'm necessarily at that point, but I, I'm feeling how I'm wanting to to please him more, you know, and to, I'm more curious than I was in the past. I feel like the focus was more on me and now I'm more curious about him and his blueprints and what he needs. And, um, so yeah, I'm really inspired, inspired by this topic and by your work. Um, 
So yeah, where do you want to go now? Do you want to go into the shadows and superpowers or into the five states? Let's talk about the five states because okay. we've actually covered them all in this one conversation. So oh. we might as <laughs> well learn what they are uh -huh. um, by definition. So there's five states that you can be in. And when you first explore this work, you're usually in the resting healing space. Um, and so the resting space is not having sex usually, either consciously or unconsciously. So you could just not be having sex because you're not with a partner, but you really want to be having sex and be with a partner. Or you could be making that conscious decision of being celibate. Like Jaya did it for a year where she didn't have hmm. sex. Um, I've, I've also had times when I've made the conscious, not for as long, like I think we did for like three months or like a month where we just like sex as in penetration. And I try to get away from, I try to define sex as what I mean. Um, because in the world, in Jaya's world, sex isn't necessarily penetration. You can have energetic sex, which mm -hmm. we can get into too. <laughs> so, but sex as in penetration sex, um, uh, so then the next stage is the healing state, which is emotional rest for a variety of reasons. So that could be something like healing trauma. Um, that could be just like physical, like for Jaya, she gave a water birth and she, her pelvic floor was all messed up. So mm -hmm. it could be like something physically is happening. You can't have sex, penetration, sex, uh, religious reasons, ended a relationship looking for a new relationship you know healing healing and looking like going like I don't know what it took to get your partner but I went through a lot of healing to get my mm -hmm. partner yes <laughs> and sexually yeah. right like I had a whole different definition of sex then um then we talked for you you're in the curious state mm -hmm. so that's the how to do things now it's lots of books workshops events um, life coaches <laughs> come in here and it's how do I do questions mm. yeah amazing so the next one is the adventurous state which I feel like I'm exploring which is what else is there adventurous thinking outside the box different types of sex um, and that's what I'm talking about like it's not just penetration stuff it's energetic sex it's um, sensual sex. Like recently I had a conversation. I was like, I'm not really into my sensual. And then someone's like, have you ever been turned on by a strawberry? Like smell the strawberry, eat the strawberry, taste the strawberry. And then them talking about it was really turning me on. So mm -hmm. I'm open to like my sensual a little bit more. Um, and then open into going into different blueprints that I talked. This is the time where you're like, I'm ready to expand into something else. And I, I'm wanting to expand into my partner's blueprint because he's my partner. Mm -hmm. And I'm finally open to that. Um, then the last date is, and they, and just everything is like a circle. It doesn't like. Yeah. It, one isn't better than the other. Yeah. It sounds like it's just a different phases or. Yeah. Different phases. And you can like um, someone I know you know, was in a really adventurous state and is now in a healing state. Like you can be in one and then go to a different one and it doesn't have to be in this order. Um, like in the beginning of this work, I was actually in a really transformational state, which is um, going into other erotic worlds, pleasure of the world and the universe. And it's often where the energetics want to be. So <laughs> I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but when I have sex, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to come to the world. <laughs> this orgasm is going to make the world more pleasurable and like heal all the trauma. Totally. <laughs> well, I think we're, we both have strong energetics. And so 
yeah, many times I'll, I'll be like, oh, I'm birthing new universes with my <laughs> orgasm, or I'm showering the whole world with light every time that I have an orgasm, or for yeah. me, it's really sexy. Other people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think the energetics get that the most, but that's the transformation. Okay, say. beautiful. I'm curious, um, do you often find that, that people in couples are in the same state together or that one partner is in a different state and how do they kind of navigate that? I mean, I'm still at the beginning of this work, but I would definitely say based off of my experience and based off me doing this, that we were in different states. Mm-hmm. Like he was in the cure. When we started this, I was in like my healing state, like strong healing. I was still healing my trauma mm-hmm. and you both have that in common. And he was definitely like curious adventure. <laughs> Interesting. It's really cool and fun to think about how people in partnership can be in different, they can not only have a different blueprints, but they can be in different, you know, states. And then there's so much variety and so much like potential there. And so isn't just talking in this one conversation, isn't that amazing how all these problems come up in relationships around sex? Because mm-hmm. we have all of no this wonder. going. Yeah. Like no wonder. Yeah. That makes, it makes so much sense now because you're right. It's not just about, you know, penetration. It's about what turns us on and what doesn't turn us on and where are we at in our state. And um, yeah, I mean, I know we're getting a bit on a tangent, but I also feel like there's such a mind, body, heart connection. Like sex isn't just about the body and maybe for people who are more kink style, it is more about the mind or the kink psychological, but there's so many layers even between between the types of sex we have and, and all yeah. of that too. And and how we define sex. Like sex for mm-hmm. me is defined very differently than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Like for me, used to, if someone said, are you having sex? And I wasn't penetrating, I would probably say no. And now I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, well, there's a beautiful sunset and I felt something down in my hoopa. So was I having sex? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. <laughs> so um, let's talk about the shadows and the superpowers. Okay. So we'll just go in order again, which is the energetic sure. first. Mm-hmm. Um, so energetics are the only ones that can orgasm without touch. And they can orgasm just by thinking. So this is all like, I'll say I was in the car and we were, don't do this in the car, but we were texting. <laughs> and it was like sexual texting. And it was like more in a psychological kind of kinky way. And all of a sudden I had an orgasm in the car and it was just based off of like thinking about all that stuff. So um, that's energetic. And I know nothing is wrong if there's not an orgasm. And I don't know if that happens in your relationship, but in my relationship, not having an orgasm for Tim is like a huge deal. It's like, oh my God. And for me, I'm like, well, I had a really great time and I, you know, it was really fun and I experienced all these different parts and I'm like, it's okay that I had an orgasm. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like maybe I had an orgasm in different ways. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think um, men and women alike, we, we want to please our partners. And so sometimes we have an idea of what pleasure is. And it's so nice to talk about this and have, have all of all people recognize that pleasure can come without orgasm and satisfaction can come without orgasm. Yeah. Um, It's more about joy. Mm -hmm. And so the shadow aspect is um, energetics can short circuit and can't have sex. So I think we've talked about this a lot, but we'll just talk about it here, Um, which is like, maybe this has happened a lot 
late, like earlier times, but I feel like my partner's not present and I just totally freak out. And then I cannot have sex if, if he, if I feel like his brain is somewhere else. And that happens like mm-hmm. in sex, you're like, you know, you've had a long day at work. And so we can only have penetration sex if the person is fully nourished because I will feel that disconnect and totally not want to have sex. Mm-hmm. Which is even more important, it sounds like, for energetics to make sure that they're able to shape shift or, or, you know, expand into their partner's blueprint so their partner feels nourished and can be present with them. Mm-hmm. But I can see easily how, like for me and Jason or other couples that might have this dynamic, it kind of spirals, you know, mm-hmm. like one person's not present, so then the other person shuts down. And because the other person shuts down, the other person feels rejected, and then they're less present, and then it just, you know, kind of gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. And this happens a lot with, and, and I wanted to say this before, but actually in Jaya's work, she's noticed that people don't pair are more likely to not pair with their same um, blueprint style. Mm-hmm. And often the energetic pairs with the sensual and it's the worst typing because the sexual needs sex and this, and the energetic doesn't need penetration and sex. And so it is this spiral that we get into um, and that was definitely happening a lot in the beginning of our relationship, or not the beginning of our relationship, in the beginning of our road and mm-hmm. the erotic blueprints. Um, and then um, also the other shadow of the energetic is they're extremely sensitive. So like light, like I'm talking very light touches. And, um, and they're often healing trauma. She's found. Um, The next one is the sensual. And so the superpowers of the sensual are enjoy all sensory delights and beauty um, and take enjoyment of all the senses like we've talked about. The shadow aspect is they have a busy mind. It's constantly going. It's like did I lock my car or what, you know, what paper do I have to get done or whatever? It's a busy mind. And also um, can be turned off by sensory things. So like bad BO or the space not being clean. Like for me, I think bad BO, I wouldn't be into. Um, that might be just like a human thing. I don't know. There's some people who really like. Don't mind that. Don't mind the BO. They <laughs> like the BO. So for me, maybe it's my energetic, but I don't like BO, but I don't care if my room's messy. But for other essentials, it's like if it's not perfect and there's not like candlelights and smells that are really nice, they they can't settle. I'm just going to interject. I think that's so wonderful to, to know this because even if someone is listening and they're thinking, you know, I really need, I really need a potential partner on a date to like, take me to a nice restaurant. I need nice ambiance. You know, there's sometimes I'll hear that from a woman and I'm thinking, I don't need that. You know, like I could go to a dive bar and it would be fine. Even though I appreciate, of course, like nice dining experiences, but I feel like this probably, I'm curious your opinion, but I imagine it translates outside the bedroom too. Yeah, definitely. Just into how we show up romantically with our partners. Yeah, definitely. Like I know essentials who will be talking about how they don't have a nice sex life and then you'll go into their house and their house is a mess. And I'm like, well, you're not having a nice, well, you're probably not having a nice sex life because you don't, you're not taking care of your space and you, and that's really important to you. And I think for one thing, like, I think one of my central things that is really high is actually having a nice meal. Like it really turns me on when all of that stuff is happening. Um, but also I don't have to have it, but I think with people, there's like 
no shame if that's mm-hmm. what you need. Yeah. Um, so the next one is the sexual. And the superpower is simplicity. So just the simple aspect of penetrating two hot bodies, getting it on. <laughs> very simple um they also can go to zero to 60 with their turn on so like i can just touch my partner around his genital area and he'll get a boner you know (laughs) um and sex is a need and brings them joy the shadow aspect is least likely to admit anything is wrong and so when we were going so it was a huge deal for him to like set this up because for him to admit that there was something going on was like a big thing. Um, and I didn't know that at the time, but I definitely like see that now. And even when we would have conversations like with our therapists, cause we also got a therapist or with Jaya, cause we actually, we actually got coached by Jaya. Um, like he wouldn't admit to things being as bad as they were. <laughs> and I was like, Verbal vomit. I'm like, this is what's going on. Um, That's so fascinating to know. I'm really glad you're saying that because A, I think my partner um, has more of the sexual blueprint, but also because um, it's fascinating to me. I would think that someone who goes from zero to 60 and who needs sex in order to feel relaxed and present and all those things would be hyper aware of when they're not having penetrative sex. But I guess it's the opposite. Like they kind of, um, assume that since they can get turned on at any time, that it's kind of not a big deal or that they don't need to put a lot of energy into it or something. I think it's the energy aspect Mm -hmm. and they don't need to put a lot and they don't like to admit that they're not having sex. Like that's the Mm -hmm. part that they don't, they, they want to feel like they had this vibrant penetration relationship that's happening and it's, it's not always happening. And so they, it feels like a diss to them. It's just another thing in the wound that's saying mm. I'm not having sex. Mm. Um, and then the other, the other shadow aspect is everything is wrong with everyone else when it comes to sex. <laughs> and so this happens, I think, because to them, sex is just penetration and that's what it is. And so it's really hard for a sexual to understand how, you know, I can get really turned on by a sunset. Um, and I just use that aspect because I think people can relate to like looking at sunsets, but, um, and so there's nothing wrong or bad with them, but they just, they're just think that sex is one way and it's really hard for them to get out of that way of seeing sex. Does that, this may be a bit of a tangent again, but does that also relate to, um, I'm just curious if the sexual type is more likely to prefer like a, a routine or a certain like positions that they really like? Is there more rigidity, I guess I would say, or just simplicity in, in the way that they Sim- can be Simplicity, satisfied? yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's like four moves, done. Like when one of the problems I was having because I'm an energetic, didn't know that I was an energetic, didn't even know what that was, um, but I was an energetic. And so one of the problems I was having is we were doing like the same four moves. And I'm like, I'm so no offense, love you, babe. <laughs> but I'm so tired of these four same moves. Like, he touched my boob, he kisses me here, and, and I'm like, I'm not enjoying this. But for him, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Touches my boob, kisses me here. <laughs> he gets everything. <laughs> yeah, he, it doesn't matter that we've done it a million times. And for those of you listening, she, she put her hand to her face. <laughs> and she said, kisses me here. Yeah, kisses me on the cheek. <laughs> um, 
And then, and then the last thing is they're too focused on the end game. So it's often about getting to ejaculation, getting to orgasm, Mm -hmm. getting to the coming portion of the evening. That makes me think of a question, which I will table to later because I want to get through them, but about, you know, are there certain types that, that lead, not lead to, but that tend to have different sort of, I'll call them dysfunctions, but maybe, you know, challenges to work through and stuff. Um, but we can get to that after we get through this. Okay. Um, so the, so the next one, not the last one, the next one is the kinky and so the kinky has endless creativity. They can go to non-ordinary altered states. I don't know if you've ever heard of substate, but that's like a new thing that I've been hearing about, which is like, essentially you like get so like choked out or like you surrender just surrender. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I don't know if I could give up that like much consciousness. Do you know, you have to like really surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of makes me sense. <laughs> <laughs> and so they um, can orgasm simply by being touched. Jaya tells this story of somebody, uh, like very strong psychological kink was tied up, left there for like 13 hours, just being tied up. And the guy came back, the, the dominant person came back into the space, touched and the person came. because of all just whatever was going on in the brain yeah wow um the shadow act aspect is deep shame there's a lot of shame around kinky in our in our culture and even in me I actually am pretty strong in my kinky and I realize anytime I say that word I get like people they're like flustered and don't know what to do about it I'm getting a lot better talking about it because I realize that's only taboo for me and I realize there's nothing wrong with it um, but there's a lot of shame around the kiki culture and can it can come to a point of arousal where all they need is a kink. So like, just, they can't, they can't be aroused unless you're tying them up or unless you're doing like, they can't just have regular penetration sucked or they can't just like be held maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and is that also, you know, there's certain people and I've been like this at certain points in my development where I needed a particular fantasy in order to yes. climax. Yeah. And it tended to be like a, a position of authority, like someone in authority was like interested in me or, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's- yeah. It's so, it's so dynamic and so fascinating how we bring so much to the table. And this field has to be so interesting for you, I imagine, because you don't, you don't know. You don't know someone just by looking at them. Like, yeah, no. You would, I would never expected this woman to yeah, say that. Yeah. <laughs> never would have expected. But I. But now I'm so used to hearing these stories. Like, there's. I've heard other stories that I'm like, whoa. Um, but I've learned to be accepting of mm-hmm. all these things because I'm just like, we're, we're sexual beings. And so what turns us on is beautiful. Yes. And we're just trying to get our needs met. And mm-hmm. through that, hopefully being more whole and more present and more, um, loving and yeah. yeah. And one thing, um, I didn't, I didn't say, but, um, kinky has actually been known to really help heal trauma mm-hmm. as well. Being in these different altered states, dom and sub, or just like, I know for me, and I don't know how it was for you, but like scratching was like a huge, like seeing the scratching marks on my body was like a huge healing of trauma thing. I don't know Mm -hmm. why, but it was like very healing for me. And so 
you know, you can get kinky professionals, but they can, uh, Jaya healed a lot of her trauma through kinky. Interesting. Yeah. That particular one hasn't, hasn't been healing for me, but, um, certain fantasies that I've had through like exploring those fantasies have been healing. Like I don't really have the higher, hierarchical fantasy anymore of like, um, someone in power taking advantage of me. I don't know if it's because I explored that and that helped me heal that, or I healed that outside of, you know, um, the sexual connotation and then that changed the fantasy, but it feels like there's definitely an interplay between fantasy and healing. And, um, it's so interesting to me how fantasies in my experience change, like they change based on my life circumstance or based on, um, what I'm going through at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the last one is the shapeshifter. And um, their superpowers are, like I said, the hedonist, the more and more have a huge capacity for sex. Um, and then are erotically sophisticated. And then they just remind everyone else of the pleasures of life. Um, the shadow aspect is they feel like they're too much and often are told that they are too much. Mm -hmm. um, trying to please others over pleasing themselves, like I talked about, and are the most sexually starving. This is so great. I think there's a lot of people who sexually and non-sexually think that they're too much or um, have a very high appetite and then feel shame around that or um, find themselves in sexual positions where they put the focus on the other person and please them and then later feel unfulfilled, but they're not sure why. And um, yeah, I'm just seeing how the threads of these shadows and superpowers weave through my experience with clients and with myself beyond the bedroom and how important it is. Yeah. And it just translates beyond the bedroom. Like I'm an energetic in life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and it's cool to think about even what you shared about the sensual, that one of their shadows is that they can be in their head a lot, um, or overthink things or be worried about something totally makes sense. I, I, you know, I can, I can see that I never would have connected those dots, but that, that really makes sense. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So do certain types have certain tendencies towards like challenges? And I guess that's what the shadow is. Yeah. The shadow. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, but then I was like, we'll just save the mm -hmm. question. Yeah. The shadow aspect is the challenges that they mm -hmm. have to overcome. So let's say man or woman or however someone, you know, is identifying, um, let's say low libido. Like mm -hmm. if someone came to you and, and wasn't feeling very aroused, you would hypothetically work within their blueprint or like how, how would low libido maybe show up depending on someone? Well, low libido would be in the resting healing state. And so it. we okay. would, um, and I think it's, I'm trying to like envision the categories, but I think it would be by the third, we would kind of figure out, like we do this thing with this like biochemistry, emotional, physical, kind of go through everything and put everything out there mm. um, to figure out what what's going on with the low libido. Is it something you're wanting? Is it something you're not wanting? It's a mm -hmm. great question. Some people are like, I had a conversation with someone recently who was like, I will be libido, but I'm, I'm cool. Mm -hmm. Like I'm cool with it. And then another person, probably my partner, low libido would be freaking out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling so much compassion for people in general, you yeah. know, because 
because life is hard and then and then you know our sex life has so many of these pieces that get inter interwoven um you had mentioned something to me about pleasure I forget what it is yeah pleasure first which I meant to start off with but we got into it that's okay can we go back to that yeah pleasure first so um how Jaya starts off everything is with pleasure first and so if we want I can guide you through what that looks like sure Um, so we can close our eyes and whoever's listening can close their eyes unless you're driving (laughs) yes if you're listening you might want to just pause and wait until you are in a place where you can be in pleasure and it's a little bit harder to do that in the car. Although similar to Don, I have had orgasms in the car. <laughs> For me, it was looking at, I was looking at a beautiful beach. I was driving down like through Laguna beach and I saw like the waves were huge and they felt like they had so much like erotic power in them, that I just like had an orgasm. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. okay. So we're going to close our eyes. <sighs> just taking a deep breath in. And kind of mm, mm. Um, another deep breath in and an audible mm. exhale out. <sighs> One last deep breath in and just let it all come out. Mm. And so I just want you to feel the energy of the breath going in and out, softly touching the very tips of your skin on the very tip of your head. Moving down into your eyes, into the back of your head, just this soft, almost like you imagine angels or fairies kissing you. Moving down into the neck, over the shoulders, and the fingertips. Going down into the chest, into all the organs, the soft, gentle kiss, going into the base, the root, the center of the spine and the stomach, moving softly over our pelvic floor, Down the legs, the knees, all the way to the soles of the feet and into the earth. And then just gently coming back up and imagining a golden light coming up the soles of the feet. all the way up to the knees and into the center of the pelvic floor. And I just want, when you breathe in, to contract your pelvic floor. And when you breathe out, to release. 
So contract. Release. Hold. Release. And just imagine this with every inward motion, a tighter, tighter ball is being made. Every outward motion, the ball expands. Going in and out and in and out until you have a nice golden ball around you. Touches the floor, touches the ceiling. And you keep contracting and releasing that ball. Going in and out and it expands further outside of your house, your apartment, where you are. In this ball, you go in more, hold, and release out further, covering your town. And you go in, feeling the warmth. You expand it out. Now going across the United States or wherever you're at. Go across oceans as you expand out, going in, feeling the warmth. You go out, covering the world in this glow, this pleasurable glow. Go in, feel the pleasure within you, then expand across the universe and go out. Then you're gonna take a deep breath in, hold and expand across all the galaxies. and envision roots coming out the soles of your feet, connecting you to the center of the earth, and then your branches spreading out across the universes, across the galaxies. And at the center, is the tiny ball that was first in your pelvic floor. And you shoot that little ball of light out the top of your head, down into the earth, and it expands in all ways. Hmm. 
And whenever you're ready, just do a little, little wave, a little shake movement. Maybe you touch your legs. Maybe you touch your arms. Mm. Let me take a deep breath in. Do it. Whenever you're ready, just flutter your eyes and come back into the space. What planet am I? <laughs> pleasure planet. Yes. Now, was that just an energetic pleasure meditation, or was that for anyone? Um, that's for anyone. At least, so I tried to, you know, um, you know, the golden light, like the, you know, the sensory. Mm-hmm. I tried to incorporate mm-hmm. that pelvic floors for the sexual yeah maybe there wasn't so much kinky but i did say hold and release mm-hmm. so like it was a little anticipation the in and out the in and out oh that is actually like talking about the thing <laughs> so yeah we try to do it for everything like i can cool. see how the energetic would explore more but mm-hmm. um you know it's it's and it usually what we would do is start off with that so you start off in this like pleasurable state mm-hmm. now <laughs> yeah I mean I'm all about pleasure first I haven't I haven't experienced some of those nuances you know all in all in one thing and and it was great thank you <laughs> yeah no hope you all enjoyed that <laughs> <laughs> we just fucked the, the universe <laughs> um yeah and is that you know, is that something that you would do like with a client or, or a couple and have them talk about their experience or have them better yeah. understand what pieces of that turn them on or just, um... yeah, I would definitely ask, you know, um, like feeling sensations. We mm-hmm. often ask, like for me, it was tingly and warm. I don't know mm-hmm. what it was for you, but mm-hmm. I would ask for like a sensation of how that affected you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt a ton of um, tingles in the back of my head. I can't remember the name of the acronym because this is something I'm not very well versed in, but I guess there's this whole category like AMSR or ASMR or something where people get turned on just from sounds and just from certain... um, Certain sounds. Certain sounds. Yeah. 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 And um, I'm one of those people. Yeah. (laughs) I've, I've realized that it's not something I've consciously known, but... But certain moments, like, yeah, like, my whole body was feeling electric from that, um, from that, like, little angel kisses on the back of your neck. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. And can I speak to that for a second or maybe even ask you a question? Because I think it's really important what you're saying about um, not having to have climax and not having to have penetration. Because I think a lot of women feel shame that they can't you know, have an internal orgasm or a vaginal orgasm, or they feel shame that they take a while to get turned on. Or, um, you know, I think men have disconnected in many ways from their sexuality through their authentic sexuality through porn culture and other stuff. But I think as women, we've also disconnected from our sexuality because we haven't known how to talk about our needs and our wants. And we've, we've just pretended, you know, this whole thing about faking your orgasm or about like being inauthentic in our own way. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's really cool that we're, that we're opening this up. And I guess I just want to say that for anyone listening, like, um, how long it takes you to climax or whether you have climax or what type of orgasm you have, like, um, that it's okay. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And there's lots of different orgasms. And I would just say to those people who are not 
climaxing vaginal, they're not being turned on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And um, like recently, my big claim to flame this year is I had a, a heartgasm and it was one of the best experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were playing this game and you can play at home, but, and this is really good for energetics. And I think it's really good with essentials, but I also think it's really good if you're just trying to figure out your boundary and your yes and your no. So I'll, I'll describe it as Tim was across the room by the door and he would come closer and I got to tell him whether it was too close or to go back or to stay. Mm-hmm. And we would, lots of eye contact, lots of breathing. And so he would come closer and then I would say back away. And it was for the first time that I realized somebody was listening to like mm-hmm. my needs and desires, whatever mm-hmm. I wanted, he was willing to do it. And he did this in like a slow Panther way. So you got to have that. <laughs> um, but what ended up happening is he ended up crouching at the couch, at the tip of the couch, and my heart exploded. And I like Aww. cried and I laughed because it was an orgasm, mm-hmm. but it just came from my heart chakra. It wasn't yeah. anything else. And I was like super wet, but um, it felt like a full on orgasm. So I think as a culture and what I love about Jaya's work and doing this work is I learned that, you know, orgasm, turn on all these things is it's so much of an expanded definition. It's not just what we think in our really little penetration sex world. Mm-hmm. Totally. Porn. It sounds like, sounds like a beautiful experience and yeah, you can have orgasms in all of your chakras. And yeah. I had a togasm once. <laughs> Maybe it's my sensual side coming out, you yeah. know, but it's like my toe is being massaged and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> Definitely. So, and um, yeah. Jaya's new thing is armpits. Oh, interesting. Or crevices. 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 Yeah. crevices. Not so not like just the back armpits. of your knee or like, something. Yeah, being licked in the back of your knee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it feels like this new frontier for, um, for sexual enjoyment and exploration. And I'm glad that, that as a society we're moving out of like the cookie cutter of penetration or porn or um because there's nothing wrong with those things but if it's not fulfilling and not helping someone in the various state that they're in then um then why stay why stay stuck and I'm passionate about this too because I think a lot of women suffer in their relationships they don't have the sex that they want and men too and then the relationships go downhill or people stay just for the kids or yeah it gets it gets um kind of gnarly for and so why this work was so great for us is that it brings a different communication. Like recently, I just told my partner, I need more energetic uh, turn on, mm-hmm. you know, but he knows what that means. So he can do it. But when we first started on this journey, I had no idea what that meant. Mm. And I don't think we as the culture really know what an energetic is. I think it got, gets confused with the sensual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have, you know, the sensual is... Um, I'm trying to, what's in popular culture? What is that? That Indian, ta- like Tantra and like stuff like that. Like we have an idea of what a central is, but we don't have an idea of what an energetic, like energetic is turned on by space. So you being far over there is like a turn on and like staring at me. <laughs> um, and I think before he, you know, the energetic, and I'm, I'm going to show but it likes great soft grazes mm. like from the tips, tips mm-hmm. of your fingertip, really light, where the sensual likes massage and like mm. direct contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually creeps me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting you're saying that because um, 
just even the way that we touch someone, even before it even gets to sex, like it could be a first date or something, the way that you're put your hand on someone's shoulder could, could not feel as good to them as you think it's going to. Yeah. And that's what I really love. You know, like I said, I was just at Path to Passions and one of the huge thing is consent and confidentiality. And for the consent piece, one of the big things is somebody asking to give you a hug. And I'm an asker. I love, I love giving hugs, but if someone doesn't ask me, my, my face, I feel really like, mm, like, jolted and especially if it's like a random you know like a random person like we meet random people all the time and they just like give you a hug and I kind of get all flustered and I don't Mm. know what to do about it but with Jai I feel great because they have to ask to give you a hug and one person didn't and I felt flustered and then was like oh I'm sorry you know and then apologize for it which is like great and but I usually am a yes to hugs but I like being asked Mm -hmm. and some people are, are no and that's okay too totally yeah, I I think that's a great added layer. So I'm I'm curious about how this work is showing up for you in the world. You're you know you're working with couples, and you had mentioned some things about goddess circles. But can you tell me more about how you're bringing this work forward? Um, yeah, so I think a huge thing that just happened was Path to Passions, and I actually got to volunteer and be part of the team. So that was like a big when I told my story, which is similar to what I said in the beginning about my relationship, um, call it a love story and doing Jaya's work. I was um, one of my huge claims to fame is I was Jaya's demo couple with my partner, and we did a year of working with Jaya. So we went through the whole entire course with um, the eight modules, and I think it expanded us in so many ways. Um, So the stuff that I'm doing recently is I just have, this is specifically for women. Um, I have an event going on November 14th where we're going, I'm with two other friends and we're both going to give little demos of what we're doing. So one um, is about uh, authentic relational games. Um, Mine is about the intimacy and and the erotic blueprints. And I'll be having a demo model for that, which I'm really excited And then the last thing is um, she does like sends you into a trance state through music and singing to you and you get to connect with your spirit guide and it's all about manifestation. So that's what I'm doing recently. Um, And I'm really wanting through that to create a goddess circle so we can go through the eight modules together in a, in in a held container for women. Um, And then I'm also really interested in couples, I think, because I'm in a couple, um, but also I just, I really feel passionate. I feel like similar to you, we get into these relationships and they just become, we're not having the sex we want. Our partners aren't talking about it. We don't have the language to really speak about this stuff. And I think this work is the best way to start. Mm. Yes. So how can people find you if they were interested in doing a goddess circle virtually or in person, or if they're in a couple and they want to deepen their, you know, their intimacy as a couple? So you can um, email me at dawnjoyfulbody at gmail.com. So that's D-A-W-N-J-O-Y-F-U-L-L-B-O-D-Y at gmail.com. Um, if you want to just check me out, I I'm not up to date, but I will try to get it up today. But if you just want to check me out, I'm at www.joyfulbody.com. I used to be, I still am a Reiki practitioner. So you can 
dove into that. Amazing. So I'll put those links also in the show notes. Um, but I encourage anyone listening who feels inspired or turned on or curious about the things that we've talked about to connect with Dawn and, um, and see how she can help support you in your relationship. And if you're not in a relationship, this is still really important work because I feel like the better we understand our own turn on, the better that we can show up in dating and in our partnerships. Um, so you, yeah, you have a lot to learn. We all have a lot to learn, you know, um, if you're listening and you're, you're curious, I mean, I've been familiar with, with Jaya's work, um, for five or six years now before I even met Don, but my mind has been blown from our podcast just about all these layers I didn't know about and also the different states and um, how those affect us and then the different phases of our healing journey and especially bringing a baby into the world. I know it's going to change our sex life and I'm curious how and and I also feel strongly it could make it better, you know, like it could force us to become even more um, clear and attuned and nuanced and open and intentional. Mm, intentional. Yes. <laughs> Is there any? Let's else? all have intentional sex. Isn't that hot? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just hot because we're energetic. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I think the world needs more intentional sex. Yeah. You know, Un- unconscious sex. Granted, is one of the stage- stages or whatever. But um, yeah, I think about how much of my life I had not very fulfilling sex, or that it was good for the first like six weeks, and then plateaued. And I've I have more passion. Even though I have a very high libido right now, I still have more fulfillment and passion and intimacy and connection with my partner than I ever dreamed possible. And if that's the case now, like, how's it going to feel in 10 years? Even better. Yeah. <laughs> with people like Don, you know, doing this work and showing the way. So is there anything else that you want to share with people that might be um, listening? Um, just email me and we'll set up a passion pass. Uh, possibilities. I'm also thinking one great thing, one great tool that I learned from you is that game. What is that game called? Love Springs. Yeah. Love Springs is a great game. I think for the different blueprints, I would say, but especially for energetics. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. It's like a board game, but there's no board. It has like cards and you connect with your partner in different ways. Sometimes you might do a breathing technique together, or you might put your head on his, you know, heart, or he might put his, um, you know, forehead on your belly, or you just, you know, there's a lot of different variations about how you connect. It's not explicitly sexual, but it is very, um, deeply nourishing. I found in terms of connecting. Yeah. It's for me, it's deeply nourishing. Definitely agree about the energetic thing. And I actually recommended it to a client of mine. (laughs) Good. Yeah. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. It's called love springs. And again, even if you're not in partnership, you know, knowing these tools, having these tools at your fingertips, I still strongly recommend you take the blueprint quiz and reach out to to Don so that you have more understanding and more empathy for the people that you date and the the people that you connect with. And then the different phases that you might be in, you know, you might be listening to this and you might not be in partnership, but you might be feeling in that state three, very curious and, and wanting to explore more of this part of your, of your life. I feel like when we're not sexually expressed, then our life suffers. And if we're not sexually expressed in our relationship, then we're passing that down to our children and the people around us. Mm -hmm. And, and it's better to live a more pleasurable life. (laughs) Yes. It's better to live a more pleasurable life. I couldn't agree more. Um, great. Well, I'm so thankful for your time and your wisdom and your energy. We're going to put all those details in the show notes. Again, if you have any questions or, or comments, feel free to reach out and may we all have more pleasure. 
Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love. Because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review.